0: Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thank you for taking a few moments to take a look at the book as we come together to study about the judgment seat of Christ. I have in my hand right now a five-hour audio series on CD entitled The Judgment Seat of Christ. It's a must study because the judgment seat of Christ will take place immediately after the rapture of the church happens. As we leave this earth, we will go into the presence of Jesus Christ. You know the Bible talks about the judgment seat of Christ. There are two promises, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10 and Romans chapter 14 verse 10. In fact, that's what we're going to talk about today, the promise of the judgment seat of Christ. THE PROCEDURE OF THE JUDGMENT SEAT, THE PRIZE AT THE JUDGMENT SEAT, WILL BE FUTURE STUDIES. BUT RIGHT NOW, LET'S GET INTO THE BOOK, THE WORD OF GOD, AND STUDY ABOUT THE PROMISE OF THE JUDGMENT SEAT OF CHRIST. GO BACK TO CHAPTER 14, JUST A SECOND. LET ME FINISH THIS PROMISE OF THE JUDGMENT SEAT OF CHRIST, ROMANS CHAPTER 14. ROMANS CHAPTER 14, AGAIN, HE TELLS MORE SPIRITUAL CHURCH THAN THE CHURCH AT CORINTH, but he has to deal with some problems here. Look at verse 7. For none of us liveth unto himself, and no man dieth unto himself. For whether we live or whether we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we, live un- we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we do it unto the Lord. Have you heard Christians who want to live the way they want to live? Well, who's it hurting? I'm doing it. You're not an entity unto yourself. You're in the Lord. It's hurting the Lord. You don't make that statement. Verse 9 For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. But why dost thou judge thy brother? <laughs> There's the number two hobby in Christianity judging the brother. I love the way people do that. They come up and say, Got a special prayer request for you. Then they lay it out all the dirty laundry. Don't you do that to me, please? Don't you tell me? If I can't deal with it, I have no right to know about it. And neither do you. Don't come telling me, you don't need to be praying for somebody if you have to talk about it all the time. You pray in secret. Notice it's in the same verse. Who are you to judge your brother? You see, when we judge the brother, that puts us up a little bit better. He said, Who are you to judge your brother? Look at the next phrase. Or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. That's the test. Not what we see the brothers doing. We'll stand at the judgment seat of Christ. That's the promise. Of the judgment seat. I talked about the period. Let me tell you about the period. The rapture of the church is the next main event. In our prophetic perspective, what did I tell you? Those ten horns appear, the revived Roman Empire. Now, I use this illustration. I say, this is the rapture, seven years and the second coming. This is man's illustration. It falls apart. I, 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 there's not, it's not 100% accurate. After the rapture of the church, there's a period of time. I don't know how long the time is. Nobody in the Bible can show me where it is. And so there's no definite period of time. I think it'll be short, but what's going to happen? The ten horns, the revived Roman Empire comes into existence. The little horn, the Antichrist comes on the scene. That's the second thing. The third thing, book of Daniel, chapter 9, verse 27. And he, the Antichrist, shall confirm a treaty, the peace treaty with many, the Jewish people, for one week, the seven-year period of time. You want to know what starts the clock ticking on the seven years? The confirmation of that peace treaty by Antichrist. But before he can confirm it, he has to come into existence. And before that, the Roman Empire has to be revived. The rapture, revival of the Roman Empire, the appearance of Antichrist, the confirmation of a peace treaty, and then the seven years begins. And it's during that period of time the judgment seat of Christ takes place. Let me tell you why. The presentation is my last point, but let me tell you why before I get to that. Do you know how a Jewish wedding unfolds? There's three parts to a Jewish wedding. There's the engagement, there's the ceremony, marriage ceremony, and there's the marriage festivities or the marriage supper afterwards. A Jewish couple... ...that wants to get married... ...notifies their fathers. The father of the bride-to-be... ...and the father of the groom-to-be... ...come together in a meeting... ...with their daughter and son. They discuss the situation... ...and then the fathers decide... ...whether these two should come together... ...in holy matrimony. They then become... ...officially engaged. At that point in time... ...the groom-to-be says to the bride-to-be... ...I've got to go back now... ...to my daddy's house... I'm gonna put an addition on that house so we will have a place to live. While I'm doing that, you get your wedding garments ready for the wedding. I'm not sure when I'm coming back, you just do what you need to be doing, getting ready for the wedding. That's the engagement period. By the way, they're locked in. There's only one way out of an engagement. Not because someone wants to break it. You have to have a letter or a writ of divorce hear what I said? That's the only time divorce is allowed among Jewish people. Remember what Joseph said, Matthew 2? I could have put her away with a writ of divorce because she's pregnant before I ever came together with her. They were engaged. But he, of course, Gabriel appeared and said, the Holy Spirit impregnated her, and so he didn't put her away. So the engagement comes. He goes to build a place onto his daddy's house. The wedding is about to happen. He has selected a best man. The best man goes to the bride-to-be and says, as he's on his way to the bride's house, Behold, the bridegroom cometh! And she puts on her gown. And they go into her house, and they have the ceremony. And you know what they do then? That newly married couple goes into a secluded secret place and they have sexual intercourse. They consummate the marriage. Man and woman become one in sexual relation. He steps out of this secluded place and he says, the marriage has been consummated. Let the party begin. And for seven days... They have the celebration. I I know. They do that today. I went on day number five. A couple of rabbi friends of mine, their daughter and son got married. I went there, and they were dancing, having a ball, man. This is the kind of dancing you can do. It it wasn't, you know, what you think. They had a wall between the women over here and the men over here. The women over here were dancing with each other. The men over here were dancing with each other. Now, they weren't holding each other cheek to cheek, but... uh, They were doing the old traditional Jewish folk dances. You know, four guys get together. I put my capa on. The rabbis and the new groom wanted me to dance. And so I'm going around doing the folk dance. I mean, man, you got to be in shape. I was having cardiac arrest, you know. That was only the fifth day. And it's over, and he presents his bride. Get the connection. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. But why not so? I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I shall come again and receive you unto myself. We're in the engagement period. And when he comes back, we'll be setting up for the marriage ceremony. He can't divorce us. We're saved. Oh, by the way, What did Jesus say when they said, when are you coming back? He said, only my father knows. (laughs) You know how the groom-to-be knows when he's got that little mansion finished so he can go get his bride? I mean, if it was up to him, he'd put up a lean-to and go get that bride, man. Uh -uh, His daddy says, son, the mansion's finished. Go get your bride. And that's when he leaves they come together. The promise, the period. One more thing, quickly. Look with me, if you will, at chapter 19 of Revelation. Let me show you just quickly. I'm a minute or two over. Let me just show you quickly. Chapter 19 of Revelation. This is the marriage and the marriage supper of the Lamb. Don't get it mixed up. There's two different events here. After the hallelujah chorus 1 to 6, look at verse 7. The first point, readiness. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to them, to him. The marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. The wife, we're the wife. We're the bride of Christ. The marriage is about to happen. We've made ourselves ready. Now, before the rapture of the church, we're making ourselves ready. And what are we going to put on? Righteousness in its acts made manifest. Look at verse 8. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen, in other words, her wedding gown, is the righteousness of saints, the righteous acts. They have done. Readiness. We're preparing those righteous acts to be judged in the judgment seat of Christ. And then we adorn ourselves in the wedding gown, our righteous acts. By the way, how do you think those righteous acts are determined? At the judgment seat of Christ. Tomorrow as we go through the structure of how it happens, I will show you how those acts that we've done, those for his honor and his glory, in his power, righteous acts. Our wedding gown, Dr. Lehman Strauss, said here from this platform, at the judgment seat of Christ and our marriage to him, we are making our own wedding gown. So For the readiness, the righteousness, rejoicing. Verse 9. And he saith unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb, which honors our marriage to him. Rejoicing. Marriage supper of the Lamb. Our wedding gown. We are making it right now. How are you going to look at that wedding ceremony. How far is that wedding away? European Union Treaty. Revived Roman Empire. Powerful president. Antichrist. All of that after the (laughs) and we're out of here to stand before him. To determine our wedding garment. Father, thank you for your awesome word. It's amazing. It's articulate. It's accurate. It's authoritative. It's absolute. Thank you for giving us this instruction in a day preceding that awesome day of the judgment seat of Christ. And use your word, exhorting each of us to move in your way, preparing our wedding gown, for that wonderful marriage to you, dear Jesus. the precious name we pray with Thanksgiving. Thank you for taking a few moments to study with me this very important issue, the judgment seat of Christ. It's going to be an awesome time. I am concerned for myself about that time because, indeed, I want to be honored by the Lord Jesus Christ for those things that I've done in his power and for his glory. Well, this is a study that you need to have the entire study of. I want you to get your copy. The Judgment Seat of Christ is the title of this five-hour audio series. It's a must study. Go to our website, prophecytoday.com, and then you go over to the mall. You can order your copy of this series, or you can call our toll-free number. Our people here at Prophecy Today will be happy to take your order. The phone number is a toll-free number, 877-674-3298. Now, that's toll-free from across America. Again, that number, 877-674-3298. Call today and make your order of this five-hour audio series on CD entitled, The Judgment Seat of Christ, or go to our website, prophecytoday.com. Indeed, as we study this issue, The Judgment Seat of Christ, It will help us prepare ourselves for this awesome time to take place right after the rapture of the church. And by the way, the rapture of the church can take place at any moment. In fact, before I even finish this sentence. And having said that, then there's nothing left for me to say except let's keep looking up until...